Hello there, space fans. This is Robin from Supercluster, and I'm here with Chris, who is down in Florida. I am not in headquarters in New York City. I'm actually in Washington, D.C. Just made my way up here from Cape Canaveral. I was down there last week covering the 20th resupply mission to the space station flown by SpaceX for NASA. Then I made my way up north and I missed the Starlink attempt. Chris, which you were at, and we're going to go ahead and acknowledge the situation that we're all in right now. I'm in self-quarantine. I think Chris is as well. We're just trying, at the moment at least, we're trying to avoid the public as our leaders are warning us and the CDC and the EPA and different agencies are just asking folks to, you know, avoid contact. Obviously, it's impossible for some of us given nature of our work, but we are trying our best to not be in public and uh, stay indoors. And Chris, how are things down there in Florida? Well, I wish people in Florida were taking it more seriously than they appear to be. I did have to venture out this afternoon to pick up my girlfriend from the airport who was flying back from a a work conference and all the restaurants were packed. So not the best look around here right now. So it's it's a tough message to get across. Yeah, it's a really tough message to, to get across. And I will go ahead and say that even here in Washington, D.C. So we haven't been going out to bars or anything like that. We've been basically driving, you know, in our own car or taking an Uber. We The only place we went to was a very empty park. And then we went to our friend's house just a few nights ago to just have like an indoor night, not go anywhere. But now that the situation seems to be getting worse, we're all basically just staying at our own place now. And not really going anywhere, just trying and to help with this isolation. Key. Yeah, flatten the curve. You know, the Washington Post put out a really great visual this week that everyone was sharing. And it's basically, you know, there's nothing much more to it than, hey, like, stay inside. Don't have physical contact with people. And I think, Chris, today, right before you and I hopped on this recording, the White House issued more guidelines that's basically like, hey, any, you know, oh, gatherings. We were on, I was yeah. doing some other we things. We were on like a meeting, right. Yeah. 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 So I was seeing material online that was basically like, okay, if you guys have meetings with more than 10 people, maybe cancel them. You know, it's not like a mandate, but it's more guidelines. It's like we're trying to flatten that curve of people who can get infected. And, and I'm, I'm actually that's, looking that's at what you're Yeah, and I'm looking at what you're talking about now, White House urging people to avoid bars and restaurants. I know several states have already said bars and restaurants right. have to be takeout only. Yes. But um, the big headline that I'm looking at right now is that, you know, the stock market fell nearly 3,000 points as Trump says new normal could last until August. Yeah, and and that is um, a generous outlook. And, you know, just on a personal level, my brother, you know, he's an actor um, and he works in the restaurant industry in Chicago. He's been really affected by this. Chicago, Illinois, the state has closed bars. and. And obviously theaters and movie theaters around the country are closing. New York City is shut down. And and I think one of the things that's really gotten me with this whole thing is that the thing we keep hearing is, oh, the elderly are the ones at risk. If you're young, you'll be fine. That's not the truest way to phrase that. What we mean is immunocompromised people. People with compromised right. immune systems are the ones at risk. Yes, that just based on the sheer percentages are the older portions of our population. 
But think about all the people who have just had bone marrow transplants or who are going through chemo, who have no immune system right now. Right. You can. So when you see someone who's 20s in their 20s or 30s or 40s and they're out because they have to go to the grocery store to get food and they're wearing a mask, don't laugh at them and say that they're overreacting. You have no idea what their immune system is. And, you know, the mask is really to protect them because there are people out there who are still coughing and sneezing on people, not out of, not, not because they're evil people, but because, I mean, you look at some of the insane lines that we've seen in, in Miami and, and the airports that are the designated ports of entry for international travelers now. I mean, those lines for, to get into the country are exactly what everyone is saying don't do. Don't be around large crowds. And there are thousands of people crammed into a hallway. So, you know, have a little bit of compassion and, you know, don't be so quick to judge people when you see them wearing masks and gloves because you really don't know what their immune system is like. Exactly. And, And on top of that, Chris, I think individuals like myself, I haven't been to the doctor in a while before this crisis, which was a big mistake. And there's lots of young people who probably are assuming they're healthy and assuming that they can't get really sick from this virus. But mm-hmm. as I've come to learn, do not make assumptions about your own health either. Yeah. We don't know, and you know, we like, don't know how this virus will affect you. I know that I have a very good immune system. I'm, I'm thankful for that right now. But a reason that I plan to stay in, like I do plan for full disclosure to be at the Kennedy Space Center press site on Wednesday morning right. for the launch we'll of that. the Starlink we'll mission, which we'll be get to. Right. But there are reasons why that's still okay to do because it still practices social distancing and everything that you're supposed to do right now if you do have to leave the house. I don't know who I might come into contact with that has a compromised immune system. I don't know who I might come into contact with that I might pass it to without realizing that I have it. For all I know, I'm asymptomatic, but have it. You know, and, and what we're learning is that there are a lot of people who are asymptomatic with this. So, you know, right. my point here is that even people like me, that my personal wish is please take this seriously. Even if you have a great immune system, stay inside and stay away from people is you could be carriers, right? And there's a great visualization of what we mean by social distancing, which is the matches all laid out next to each other. And you light the match on the end and the match next to it ignites, the match next to it ignites. But if you remove one match from that line, all the others are safe. Right. And And that's what you mean by social distancing. Yeah. Yeah, That's social distancing. And you know what? If you you normally go out on Thursday nights or Friday nights and drink with your friends, we have apps called Zoom and FaceTime. Right. Still meet with them and and drink electronically with them. You know, like you don't have to shut yourself off from from society, but just, you know, Mm -hmm. rethink where you're going and what you're doing. That's the biggest thing right now, you know, or just catch up on that TV show. You've been wanting to catch up on everyone. has Everyone has those. My Netflix. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, my Netflix queue is about to become (laughs) a lot less cluttered in the next few weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Same. So, you know, try to see the silver lining, get that screenplay done, get that short story you've been wanting to write written and call that friend you haven't called in a while. You know, there's a million things you can do. And my biggest thing too, the the way you can have the biggest impact if you have a good immune system and you can go out like, like myself, look around your neighborhood, 
if there if you live around people who are older write them a note ask them is there anything i can get for you at the right. store you people know need assistance yeah and and i mean this is a time you know let's band together you know yeah yes it is true the sur- the, the survival rate is 95% from what we know mm-hmm. of the cases you know we are not in spanish flu level pandemic and that is good right. But that doesn't mean it can't get bad because exactly of what we're seeing in Italy right now is what happens and where it becomes more deadly than it should be in reality is when the healthcare system is overwhelmed. And that's what we mean by staying home is right. the more people that we can protect and not get it, the more resources that frees up for the people who do get in and really need that help you know, without overwhelming our healthcare system. That's right. And part of that is the access to respirators, because remember, Mm COVID-19 is a respiratory illness. And part of that treatment, especially for elderly and people with previous respiratory conditions, a respiratory is actually critical to making sure they recover. And if too many people need respirators, like in Italy, they are making very hard decisions about who is getting them. So we don't want to get to that point here, obviously. And that's why ultimately Chris and I spent a lot lot of time on this space podcast telling you guys to keep some space between each other and, you know, binge watch something alone (laughs) and stay outside. That's where we're getting at with this. But Chris, let's get into this. Let's get into some actual space news here, even in part of this. So we obviously I was trying to attend the Starlink launch, which was supposed to lift off Sunday morning. But I, of course, all this coronavirus stuff, I had to help my folks out in Orlando. And then I flew up here to D.C. to be with some friends and family up here to make sure they were okay. A super cluster flew in Pauline Acklin, who we all know and love, to shoot the mission for us. And she's been down there. And Chris, I know you've been down there as well. You want to just walk us through that day and and walk us right into that T-Zero abort? Yeah. So one thing I can say that I was very, very proud of is that everyone sort of did exactly what they were supposed to, with the exception of of a couple people. Always. Keeping your distance, warning people, you know, that that didn't mean we didn't do the elbow bump, you know, or the you know, or the the salute. Yeah, to each other. You know, my coworker, Julia, who I did our live stream with for NASA Spaceflight, we worked out a system where because I was bringing all of the equipment, I would be the only one to touch the equipment. She would not touch Very it. Smart. it was, Very smart yeah, system. Yeah. Turn. Yeah. And when it was her turn to talk into the microphone, I would step back and then she would step back when it was my turn. So we were not overlapping right. or doing things like that. Everyone really spread out and kept their distance. It helped that there were only like 20 of us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone did the same on the bus. You know, when we had to go to the pad to pick up cameras, everyone sat in their own. No one sat next to each other. Everyone sat in their own row. Mm-hmm. You know, we did what we could and, and yeah, and, and it worked out great. Now for the launch side of it, which proved to be incredibly intriguing, they had a flawless countdown, flawless fueling. They got to T minus three seconds. The command to light all the engines was sent. They passed two seconds, one second. And after the one second mark, as they were headed toward T zero there, so that final millisecond mm-hmm. realm you know, those final few milliseconds before you get to liftoff, the system caught a sensor error on one of the engines. And 
had just barely enough time to, I mean, given what we saw visually of like where the count stopped on the clocks on the public screen, that Mm -hmm. stopped it very close to liftoff and didn't release the clamps and the engines all shut down and they saved Falcon 9 perfectly. It was a very small launch window of only five minutes. So they didn't have enough time to even recycle and start the count again because they had to recycle back to the T-minus 15-ish minute point. But yeah, and then there were a couple of range conflicts um, where the range was already booked for some things. So they are now targeting Wednesday at 8.16 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, which is 12.16 Universal Coordinated Time on Wednesday, March for the Starlink launch. And the plan right now for a lot of people in the media is that as long as the Kennedy Space Center is still open to personnel, that we will go in. Now, the Kennedy Space Center is at what is known as Stage 2 alert for the coronavirus and their response, which means telework is highly encouraged, but it's not a requirement. But once we get to stage three, which one NASA center is currently at, and that's- Actually, it's two now, Chris. It's Ames and Marshall. Ames and Marshall are both at stage three, which means mandatory telework. It means that one of their employees at least has had, is confirmed to have- It is, yeah. One employee- Actually, uh, what I'm hearing is multiple employees, and I'm pulling this information from uh, Lauren Grush did a really great report today in The Verge about the stage two at Johnson and the stage three at Ames and Marshall. And on top of that, Chris, from what I understand, a word out of Kazakhstan is that they're sealing their border temporarily and yep. that for the Soyuz launch, for a crew launch in April, Roscosmos is no longer allowing media activity at the site. And of course that also falls under the umbrella of not allowing any foreign nationals into the country and limiting movement inside the country as well. Because Canada just closed its borders to everyone except Canadian and US citizens. I know Italy is on lockdown, Germany, France, and Spain are all severely restricting movement across their borders. The Guiana Space Center in French Guiana in South America Mm -hmm. has completely closed. So two missions that were scheduled for March and April are now off indefinitely until that center can reopen and they can get back into launch posture. You know, Roscosmos and NASA have said that the uh, planned crew launch of two Russian cosmonauts and one American astronaut on the 9th of April is still proceeding as planned. The crew is just in quarantine much earlier than than they normally would. And people interacting with them are having to be screened and go into quarantine as well. And all of their usual pre-flight public events and all the things that they normally do that are the tradition prior to a launch from from Kazakhstan have been suspended and will not take place. It's, you know, we we are very much starting to see that knock-on effect of this virus in more places than just China. China had a shutdown of its launch campaigns because right. the main rocket production facilities are located in Wuhan province, which is the province that's right. hit the hardest by the outbreak so far. And we are definitely starting to see the knock-on effect. Now, the larger question for the United States right now, here, here's what this means for, for our launch facilities here, is that mission critical personnel, even if you move into stage three and stage two, will be allowed to continue to come to work, which mm-hmm. means critical which means at stage three missions can still happen at stage four they would be critical missions would still be allowed right. to happen but no one else aside from the absolute number of people who need to be there for the launch to take place and take place safely will be allowed which means the the first thing to go and rightfully so are media 
Right. No media gatherings, no nothing. The 45th Space Wing has already canceled the planned social event around the Atlas mission later this month that was supposed mm-hmm. to be still on track. ULA did have a note. Uh, United Launch Alliance did have a note today that as of right now, that launch is still planned for the 26th of March and will not be changing as of right now. But of course, the situation mm-hmm. is a bit developing and evolving. But right now, that's where we stand with, with our space programs around the world and, and what they're doing. Chris, to close out this podcast, we only got a few minutes left. Do we think, and I know this is a lot, on a lot of people's minds, do we think that this is going, uh, and I know the latest dates that you and I have at least been planning for were May-ish for the first Crew Dragon flight with NASA astronauts. I, everyone's been talking about, oh, is this going to delay the launch? I think yes. I think it's safe enough to say that everything that has been on the calendar and in some form, expect all that stuff to push at least a month or two or something at this point. This situation is evolving by the hour, not by the day. And things are changing and the situation is evolving and growing. And do I, I mean, I'm not even sure, and, and I don't want to put this out there, but I'm not even sure SpaceX will be able to launch on Wednesday. Like I don't have full confidence because of how fast the situation is evolving. You know what I mean? And it's not anything on SpaceX or NASA. I just think the the entire country, there might be mandates from the military, from the White House on guidelines that could affect this launch on Wednesday. You know, anything is a possibility. I, I, I would say when you start to look out a little bit beyond the immediacy of this week, I think there are a lot of question marks. Exactly how long can the Johnson Space Center stay open to continue training Doug and Bob for Demo 2? Um, exactly how SpaceX and the Air Force, which controls the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station and the Kennedy Space Center, you know, exactly how, exactly where would Demo 2 fall in the criticality index for mission? It is very possible that it would fall very high on on that list and still be allowed to process Mm -hmm. onward to launch because the International Space Station will have a significant crew reduction here in right. April. The U.S. segment will go from four down to one, and the International Space Station will go from six down to three. And the station can certainly survive with that, although it is not optimal, can certainly do it and, and survive and, and be healthy. It just means that very few scientific experiments will be taking place on board. So it's possible DM2 could fall into that high criticality risk. Mars 2020 would fall into the high mission priority and allowed be allowed to continue processing because it has such a short 14-day interplanetary launch window that only opens every 26 months that Mars mm-hmm. missions are usually exempt from these from government shutdowns. Now of course this is very different than a government shutdown, but the center access is very much the same in this, which is why I feel comfortable bringing it up. And in terms of what missions are going to be considered, you know, important enough to allow to continue to process down toward launch. But that being said, we don't know. Now, in terms of Wednesday for Starlink, I would venture to say, and and we're just going by kind of how this would work if it was a government shutdown. So basically for our viewers listening who live outside of the United States, our government, our national government can shut down when our national government fails to fund itself. This seems bizarre to almost every other country, granted. We've lived through it recently. But we have lived through it recently, several times recently. And what this means for government centers like the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station and the Kennedy Space Center is that everyone must stay home and not work 
unless you are deemed mission critical to missions that are either coming up on the manifest or missions that have to continue processing to meet these short windows, like the Mars 2020 Perseverance rover. Based on that, what I would say is if Kennedy reaches stage three by Wednesday, mission critical personnel to allow launches to continue are allowed on. So Starlink would launch. The difference being no media would be allowed in to witness the launch or cover the launch. We would all have to do that remotely. But that's where that's where I think we are right this second. Of yeah, course, right this second. if it gets worse, and to be fair, we're recording this at 5 p.m. on Monday, the 16th of March. Yeah, and, and our listeners are listening on Tuesday. So the launch would be tomorrow for them if it's still happening. So yeah, uh, obviously with this situation, you just have to keep in touch with the news and get on social media and hopefully everyone's getting good information. And you know, space gives us a lot of hope. It gives us a lot of inspiration. I know I personally, even if I have to do it remotely from my house, we will still be bringing you the launches that do occur from around the world. Right. And we will too. They are great things to rally around, but mm-hmm. you know, even the people who bring them to you and the people who work them have to be safe. Right. And, we, and, and that is first and foremost the priority. So you and continuity might, too. You know, safety for yeah. continuity of this program as well. So you know, you might be accustomed to live streams that don't happen, mm-hmm. but you know, that's to keep people safe. So that that's where we are. And all of this might have changed by the time you listen to it in a few hours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but regardless, Chris and I will try to be back with everyone next week. We thank you for tuning in and thank you for giving us a listen while you're in isolation, feel free to tweet at us, DM us, you know, if you have questions or just anything. We're all home. We're all working from home. We're all still going to try to do space coverage and try to bring that stuff to the people. I know everyone needs a distraction. They do need some hope. They do need some inspiration. So we're going to continue working uh, as much as we can. So Chris, thank you for being on the show today. I wish you the best of luck at the SpaceX launch. I'm hoping it goes up. I'm hoping we have a beautiful liftoff as usual. And I'm hoping we see some cool stuff. It's supposed to be the fifth reflight of this Falcon 9, and that is the first time SpaceX has attempted that. So we are celebrating a milestone. And on the long road to Mars, on the long road to human footprint throughout the solar system, it is absolutely imperative that these rockets be able to go to space and come back multiple times. So when you're watching Starlink Wednesday, think about that. Think about how this is just another tiny step towards full reusability, towards, you know, finally realizing those dreams that we've had for so long and getting to Mars, getting back to the moon and beyond. That's my message for today. Couldn't have said it better. Thank you, Chris. And I'll be back with you soon.